Are you glad to be in the house of God? Or are you sure? I said, are you sure? What service do I have? Is it a Sunday service or a Wednesday service? I'm not sure. It feels like a Sunday service to me. I just saw charity, so I'm, I'm thinking that it's a Sunday service, so I have to behave myself. Is it a Wednesday or a Sunday service? It's a Wednesday. If it's a Wednesday service, then show me that it's a Wednesday service. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wednesday, Wednesday is no host bad. Hallelujah. It's a no host bad service. All right, we've been talking about faith. Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's read from verses 1 to 6 to start us off. Last two weeks, we've been talking about faithlessness. 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 Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gift, and through it, he being dead, speaks. But, Enoch, but by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Let's read verse 6 together. Ready, go. But without faith, it is impossible So the Bible is saying that without faith, we cannot please him. And in case you are wondering what faith is, the Bible says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that you cannot see, which means that to really complete the equation of faith, you must have hope. Are you with me? And the, the definition of hope is Having a good feeling about future occurrence. Is that a good? Having a good feeling about something that is going to happen in the future. So faith has to do with hoping and hoping for something good. Because sometimes you can hope for something bad. Or sometimes you can hope for something which is not good or bad. It's neutral. Are you with me? But faith hopes for something good. Amen. Today I want to talk about, I want to move the, the, the story. We've talked about faith, the definitions of faith. We've talked about quite a few things about faith. And the last two weeks we were talking about faithlessness, which is the opposite of faith, so that we can, you know, if you want to know what something is, first of all, you may have to know what it is not to give you an idea of what it is. But today I want us to move into how we come by faith. Amen. How you come by faith. How is it that you come by faith? Hey, I'm going to do something funny. I was thinking about doing something funny. I don't know whether I'm allowed to do it. 
Am I allowed? Can I have, uh, who are the, yeah, Akwesi is here. Good. Come. Akwesi, come. And um, Beulah, come. These are Calvary Fitness. So it's a good, a good ex exhibition. Advert for Calvary, Calvary Fitness. Okay. So I want you to, to give me lounges. Ten lounges. Very quickly. Ten lounges. All right. Calvary Fitness. Quickly, quickly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, give me five cross lounges. One. Ready? Go. One, two, three. This is what they do every Saturday morning, in case you didn't know. Okay. So, cross landing. Now, give me three press-ups. One, two, three. All right. Put your hands together for them. Uh, Somebody's going to ask, why am I doing this? Is this part of the sermon? I think it's part of the sermon. And if you permit me, I would like to show you how this fits into the sermon. If you come with me to James chapter 1, from verse 2. <laughs> James chapter 1. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into Various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Amen. In case you're wondering how this fits in, he's saying that count it all joy. When I ask you to do lounges, when I ask you to do press-ups, when I ask you to do cross lounges, when I ask you to do squats, knowing that the resistance that squats give you, the pressure that you feel in your muscles as you are doing press-ups, the, 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 the back, you know, twinges that you feel, is working something good for you. That in the end, it will make you complete. Perfect. Having had a, 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 a perfectly shaped body. Can you give me uh, this lady's picture before picture? Uh, uh, Hey, hey, hey. Come. That's why I ask whether I have Sunday's people here or I have, uh, what do you call it, Wednesday. Okay, so the lady you see here is the same lady in the picture. Are you with me? But from, but, and even this one, she was slimmer. But to get from here, to here, it just doesn't come by walking in the park. 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? It just doesn't come because she's living. No, you have to cautiously go through some testing. You have to go through some trials. You have to stretch a little bit. You've got to be pushed a little bit. You have uh, somebody who is in your ear telling you, push two more, three more, four more. And sometimes you feel like quitting and they are screaming at you that don't quit because that's what she does to me. So count it all joy when you have to go to Calvary Fitness. It is painful when you are in Calvary Fitness. I remember I, we're doing one, and I don't know whether she was the one who was trying to faint or I was the one who was trying to faint, yes. But between the two of us, one wanted to faint. It was me. I think it was me. But sometimes when you're going through that painful pressure, it doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. You want to stop, and sometimes you'll be cursing your trainer. Yes. Sometimes I curse her out loud for her to hear it. Because for me, all I'm seeing that she's the cause of my trouble that I'm going through. Without realizing that, without going through that trouble, you cannot have what she has. What size were you there? Size 20. And what size are you now? 10. So she's lost 10 sizes. If you know what it means to lose one size, one size. <laughs> put your hands together for her. Matthew 9:29. Uh, Matthew 9:29. How God tests our faith. If you're looking for a title for the message today, it is how God tests our faith. Or how God takes us through our Calvary fitness. He touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. Amen. This is an, a, a, a very normal day, a normal example of Jesus healing somebody and before he healed the person, he said to the person, according to your faith, let it be done for you. Which means that it will only be done to the extent that your faith can stretch. You will only lose weight to the extent that your endurance of press-ups can stretch. So if you are like somebody I know who does Girly press-ups, and that's only three. You are not going to lose weight doing press-ups. You know the girly one? The knee, the knee one is half press-up. It is not going to make you lose weight quickly. Am I talking to somebody? Are you following the message? Or you are confused? Uh, it's a good advert. If you want to lose weight, come to Calvary Fitness. And come and suffer with some of us. Hallelujah. I don't know why you put Let me to have lost something. I lost something oh, small. <laughs> I don't know about a lot, but something small. Luke 17, 5. So the disciples go to 
Jesus, and they said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. We want you to increase our faith. You know, all of us want our faith to be increased. How many want our faith to be increased? Especially when we know that what we can get from God is based on our faith. Then we want our faith to be increased so that we can get more from God. Are you with me? And to get more from God or more increased faith, it means increased pressure. It means more exercise. It means change of diet. Uh, uh, It means you have to do some walking. You have to eat some herbs and drop some carbohydrates. It means you have to, see, see guys like this, you don't know what I'm talking about because you are, you are cool, you're all right. But give, give it time. I said give it time. Once upon a time I was like you. <laughs> Once upon a time I was also very skinny. You have to do certain things which, is not, which are not necessarily nice. Are you with me? Because the nice things don't produce muscles. They don't produce good physique. Are you getting what I'm saying? The things that are nice don't produce anything. So he's advising us in, in James that count it all joy, which means that be happy when he's putting you through the paces. When you go through the challenges, don't think he has abandoned you. Don't begin to swear at him. Don't begin to get angry like some of us do when you have these people early in the morning maltreating us and they forget that we are old. See, all this thing that I'm doing to her, all this thing that I'm doing to her, I am sure Saturday she will revenge all. That's why I'm doing it properly so that Saturday when I'm suffering, I know that I did my best. First Peter 4, 12. First Peter 4. Are you learning something? First Peter 4, 12. 12 and 13. The Bible says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fairy ordeal among which, among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing has happened to you. But to you, but to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, Keep on rejoicing so that at the revelation of his glory, you may, re, you may rejoice with exaltation. Amen. I read the NIV. Say, beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the very trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? So you have to go through some things, some trials. I'm going to give you about five, six things that, six ways. There are million ways, but I want to restrict it to the normal common ways that God tries our faith to to extend it or expand our faith. To make us become lean and mean. To make us become complete. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse kinds of trials. Knowing that 
the trying of your faith worketh patience, and let patience have its perfect work, that you may be entire, wanting nothing. That you may be perfect, wanting nothing. How many want to be Christians who don't have want for anything? Christians who are balanced. Christians who have grace. Christians who have faith. Christians who are anointed. That is the aim. But for us to get there, he will take us through our paces. Amen. I said for us to get there, he will take us through our paces. Amen. The first way God expands us is through number one. Difficulties. Through difficulties. Hallelujah. I, 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 I was thinking about it. If I, if I thought God is loving. I thought God loves us. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. And all those things. So why would he allow us to go through some difficulties? Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. The place is going quiet. I don't know whether it's me or it's you. You are supposed to be laughing through this. Not quiet and pansive. So what's going on? Is it my preaching that is not working? Or Job chapter 1 verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan. This is after the conversation between God and Satan. Where have you been? I haven't seen you in a while. And Satan says that I've been going to and fro the earth looking for whom I can, you know, spoil. And then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him. I I mean, I was wondering if, why would God advertise me for something bad? (laughs) If I am really somebody he considers very, it thinks highly of, I don't think that the, the right way is to advertise me to Satan. How many agree with me? You think that you rather you hide me from Satan and put all the bad people in front. But no, he says that, have you considered my servant Job? How there is none like him on the earth, blameless, upright, who fears God and shuns evil. And Satan says, ah, does Job serve thee for not? Is it not because you have blessed him? I'm in verse 10. You have made a hedge around him and his household, having around all that he has on every side. You have blessed the work of his hands and his possession. Has, has increased because you've blessed, you've protected him, you've blessed him. That is why he is who he is. If you like, take your hand out and let me touch all that he has. He will surely curse you to your face. Ah, then God said, and the Lord said to say that, behold, all, all that he has is in your power. Uh, only do not lay hands on, on this person. Don't kill him. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord with an assignment. But the assignment was to stretch somebody. The assignment was to take him through the paces. The assignment, you see, this 
particular conversation starts in chapter 1. It goes all the way to chapter 42 of sufferings. I say chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, all the way to 42 of sufferings. You see, put my picture back. Modern day Church of God of Latter-day Saints. We don't like talking about the gray bits, the roots. We like to talk about the blessings, how God is going to kill all your enemies, how God is going to give you all your, the desires of your heart, how God is going to prosper you, how you'll be on top and not beneath, how everything's going to work. All those things are true. But you see, as this tree is, without the gray thing inside the soil, you can't have the green and red. Are you with me? Without going through, without going through that, the paces, you know, this, this gray thing is penetrating the soil. And sometimes the, the soil has rocks. Sometimes there are worms. Sometimes there are broken bottles, broken things inside, but it has to penetrate. And if you know how hard any soil is, if you, a small root trying to penetrate is not a very simple thing. It takes, it's painful. It takes time. It takes endurance. It takes, it's difficult. It takes difficulty. You see, if somebody ever pre uh, preached to you the gospel of, of, of prosperity without suffering, they preach the wrong gospel to you. They preach an incomplete gospel to you. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of the cross. And the cross stands for sacrifice. That's the first thing you must understand about Christianity. The emblem of Christianity is the cross. And it's there for a reason. The cross is not a fashion accessory. Ah, I'm losing my church. I said I'm losing my church members. I'm are you here? You know, so you like to wear nice crosses on your, on your neck. It's fine. But understand that the cross is not a fashion item. It's for suffering. The cross is for Calvary. It's for Golgotha. And Golgotha, we don't play there. We die there. Oh, I think I'm losing my church members. I think I'm from the back to the front, I'm losing my church members. I don't, if you are still with me, say hey. Blood is spilled on Calvary. Wounds are produced on Calvary. Kneecaps are broken. On Calvary. Elbows are broken on Calvary. Vinegar instead of water is what you get on Calvary. Today we have produced very soft-centered Christians. <laughs> I don't want to come to the church anymore. The pastor looked at me funny. I don't want to go because that brother said something about me. I don't want to look at some sissies that we are producing. Sis, wusses, wusses. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. 
If we come for a meeting and the meeting is slightly longer than, than scheduled, ah, I'm tired. Ah, ah, ah. Why should we do 10? Why don't we do two? Why should we do three? Why don't we do one? Why should we do, we've done lunges. Why should we do squats? We've done squats. Why should we be jumping? We've done. Huh? Do you want to lose weight? I said, do you want to be healthy? If you want to be healthy, you don't tell us what we say you must do. Just do it. Are you with me? You want to be blessed. And keep the blessing. Then you need to go through the paces. 42 chapters. Of suffering. It's not a, a one chapter. It's not one verse. It's 42. Even if you are reading, you'll be tired. You that you are just reading. Not the person who, is, who went through you that you are reading, you'll be tired. See, if it happened to the modern day Christian, the first thing says that God has left me. The first thing they'll say is that God is not real. They'll start cursing God. They'll start cursing the pastor. They'll start cursing the Bible. They'll say it's not real. It's not true. God, if it was true, why am I going to what I'm going through? See, every time, see, the Christians run into the pastor's office, I'm in difficulty. I'm in difficulty. Yes, you have to be in difficulty. It is part of Christianity. I said it is part of what? Christianity. It doesn't mean God has left you. It doesn't mean he has left you. You see, if you feed your child on McDonald's every day, you will shorten the life of your child. Am I talking to you? If you feed your, your, your child on uh, fast food, you know, fast food, they put additives that makes the children prefer fast food than the slow food at home. Isn't it? It's fast outside and it's slow at home. The slow food they don't like because it, it doesn't, it's no sweet. They don't put sugar in it. Yeah, but you go to the Chinese, even the stew, they put sugar in it. Hallelujah. So it's addictive. The children like it. When you have children, they say, we are going to McDonald's, they all go, hey. We are going to KFC, they go, hey. We are going to the, the restaurant, they go, hey. But I said, today we are eating vegetables. Mm. But it is the vegetables. That will prolong your life. Are you with me? Yeah. Is that they're not so nice that keeps you going? Am I talking to somebody? You know. So, so I, I think that for for me to be a good pastor to you, I should spend time teaching you about the roots rather than the fruits. I should take my time to teach you about faith. Prayer, sacrifice, hard work, then glory, blessings, prosperity, miracles, 
I'm not saying those things are not true. Those things are definitely part of the tree. But if you don't start from the roots and you go for that, it won't be long. Have you not seen that when you go to the, the, the vegetable place and you see some of the tomatoes, those type of things, they spring up within two days, three days, and then they are dead. No roots, nothing. You just come up, two days, it's finished. That's the type of Christians we are producing now. Come, one time, bam, 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 the next day they are dead. Because it's all about blessing. It's all about, I'm not saying, I'm not against blessing. Now, I'm just saying that blessing, gospel of blessing is not, ble- is not gospel. It is gospel, but it is half the truth. Amen. So, trials, problems, pressure, tough circumstances, they all stretch life. 1 Peter 1, 6 to 7. For a little while, you have had to suffer great and all kinds of trials. That these, these have come so that your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Christ is revealed. I said First Peter 1. Are you with me, brother? Start from 6 again. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have have been grieved by various trials. How many have been grieved by some trials? That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it's is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Which means that some uh, uh, faith are not genuine. Which means that some faith are not crowned with glory. Because it's not being tested. It's not being tried. It's not been stretched. Uh, I don't know whether, have I lost my church members? Or, or you are with me? Today, I feel like I'm in church on Sunday. Because you are very quiet, so I'm wondering. Hallelujah. What was the word today? It was about difficulty. God wants us to go through difficulty. It is a blessing that you have been chosen to go through. Because he has decided that amongst everybody, you are the one I can trust to go through what you are going through. Amen. Sister, when you are going through what you are going through, remember, we stood here 
was it here? We stood here one New Year's Eve. How many years ago was that? Three years ago. We were standing here, three fat people. And she was the fattest amongst us. Of the three fat people, she was the fattest. It was me, it was her, and Peggy. We stood here on the stage. And she said, I remember the words clearly. She said, I am going to lose weight. And then we all laughed. Because amongst us, she was the fattest. And we, Amir, I couldn't see how she would go past because I was the skinniest among the three. So I was wondering how she was going to go past Peggy to go past me to get to the destination she was talking about. So I went, ha, 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 ha. Then I said to her, if you lose weight, then me also I will lose weight. There's no way you are going to pass me. Then she started. Then you see, her, you see her in church. She has seats. You know bed seats? In a, in a bag. That's what she eats. I said, are you a squirrel? She'll go to the gym around 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, before work. Then in the evening, she'll go back to the gym. And in between, she'll be eating seeds like a bed. And at the time she was doing that, it wasn't showing on herself. So we're still laughing at her. That What is this that you are doing? Hallelujah. But a few years later, a few months later, now, we both went to her and said, teach us how. <laughs> teach us how you did it. Now, we see that you are a perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, we also want to be like you. My wife decided to bring seats into my house. I quickly Pray some prayer. Lord Jesus. This seed shall not come unto me. <laughs> I, I, I reject it. <laughs> then you pray some tongues around it. She did it once, twice, and she forgot about it. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I'm saying that for us to love, but for seriously. Difficulty doesn't mean God has left you. Difficulty is not necessarily a curse. The pain that you are going through is stretching your faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? That disappointment is stretching you. That, 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 when, you know, when everybody lets, everybody turn their back on you. Everybody curses you. Everybody say that you are no good, you are finished. Nothing, is, nothing good shall ever come to you. And it looks like you are on your own. That thing doesn't mean God has left you. Sometimes God needs to, to, to see that, are you here because of the people or are you here because of me? Is it a blessing that you are looking for or is it me that you are looking for? 
Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, what are you looking for? Ask them, what are you looking for? Um, I don't know whether. They... <laughs> Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10. Isaiah 48, verse 10. Are you learning? All right. Isaiah 48, 10. Bible says, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the fairness of affliction. Amen. Now go back to that scripture. Let's all read it together. Ready? Go. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you. You know, for, for precious metals to really come out, they, they, they put them through fire. So for gold, they heat, they heat the fire seven times. And they put, they, they put the metal in. And then after a while, they'll take it out. Then they'll purify it. And then they'll put it back into the fire. Then they'll take it out. And then put this, they will do it until it becomes pure. For silver, one day a silversmith was working and his son was young, nearby, was looking and observing what the father was doing. The father would put the silver in the fire and then for a while, then take the silver out. Then he would purify it and then he would look at the silver, and then he will put it back in, then heats it again, then takes it out, process it, then he will look at it, then he will put it back in again, then he will take it out, purify it, then look, and then put it back again, and he will take it out, and then the son said to the father, why are you doing this? You put it in the fire, you purify it, and then you look at it, then you put it back in the fire, you purify it, you look at it, then he put it up. You see, he kept doing it until he looked at it. And the last time when he looked, he said, it is now silver. So the child was asking, why did you do that? Then the, 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 uh, the father said, when I put it in the fire and purify it and it is, becomes pure, when I look at the silver, I should see my reflection. When I see my reflection as if it's a mirror, then it means that it is ready. Are you with me? And, and, and guess what? God puts you through the fire. He'll purify you. He will look. He'll put you back in the fire. He'll purify you. He will look. He'll put you back in the fire. He'll purify you. He will look. He'll put you back in the fire. He'll pur- Until God can see himself in you, you are not yet ready. Oh, I, th- I don't think you understood the revelation. Until God can see you and not you and your problems. He sees himself. Then you are ready. You know, in the, in the last chapter of Job, when one of his friends made a mistake and said something, God said, 
ought to wipe you away for criticizing Job. Go and take an offering and give it to Job and let Job pray for you. Otherwise, I'll wipe you out. Because after taking him through, purifying him, looking, taking him through, purifying him, looking, taking him through, purifying him, now I see me in him. So your criticism to him is not him. You are criticizing me. And the Bible says that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed his friends. Because now he was pure. Now God could see his reflection in him. My question to you, can God see his reflection through your, your suffering? What is your confession? Has your confession changed? Has your reaction changed to the problems or you are still swearing? You are still cursing? You are still angry with everybody? If you are still cursing, still gyrating, you are not yet ready. You need to go back in the fire. You need to be purified a little bit more. You need to be taken out. Looked. Do I see my reflection? No. Back in there again. Taken out. Look. Do I see me? No. Back in there again. What is your confession when you are going through the difficulty? What is your reaction? Uh, I'm going through. I won't go to church. I'm going through. I won't come to church. I'm going through. I won't pray. I'm going through. I won't read my Bible. I'm going through. You are not ready. You are not ready. You have even gone into the fire. I think they put you in front of the, 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 the mouth of the... Hallelujah. I don't know whether I can feel it. I said six, but the, the rate that I'm going, <laughs> I've given you one. Two. Next one. God tests our faith through demands. Through his demands. The test of obedience, that's what I call it. Do you know that in the New Testament alone, there are 1,050 commands that God expects or demands. He expects us to obey. One thousand fifty. All of these commands, some seem unreasonable. Some seem inconvenient. Some are downright impossible. For that, he said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. How can I count it joy when I'm, my body is burning? You can't count it as joy. I remember once we were just starting a church 
And we had just gone to do evangelism. You know, we lived in London. And we used to drive to Birmingham because the church was in Birmingham to do evangelism in Birmingham. So we gone and done evangelism in Birmingham from morning. Done evangelism, done everything. Then we drove back to London. So we've gone and come. And I think I was doing something in the room. I was preparing for Sunday. And my wife, we had just come back and she was cooking in the kitchen. At the same time, she was calling a few members that we have just evangelized. And she was on the phone, and she phone, and phone, and phone, talking, 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 talking. And she forgot that she was cooking. And she closed the door of the kitchen. And she was in the living room. You know, you know how you do it. You, you talk to somebody, you take. You talk to them, somebody, you take. You talk to them. So she was calling and taking, calling and taking, calling and taking. Then the fire alarm started going. So when she opened the door of the kitchen, the kitchen was on fire. And in her, what was the English word? Her haste and her the desperation to save the house or whatever. She went for the fire. For, no, fire, the, the thing that she had put, the oil that she had put on fire to try. I don't know what she was trying. Honestly, I don't, up to today, I don't know what she was trying to do, but she was trying to do something about the fire. And she slipped. And the fire poured on her. The oil and everything poured on her. I was in the room and I heard a mighty scream. When I came, my wife was on fire. When I say she was, she was literally on fire. Flames. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, some, some of you are screaming, but it happened. I'm just telling you as it happened. Her legs were frying. Her, her body was on fire. So I lifted her up. When I lifted up her up, my hands were on fire as well. And I took her into the bathroom to pour oil, uh, water and everything. She stayed in the hospital for three, three and a half months. Three months she was in the hospital. God, we are trying to build a church for you. We have gone all the way to Birmingham to do evangelism for you. We have come back. We are using our own phone bill to call people for you. And you are coming to kill us. We got to the hospital. I didn't even realize that my hands were bent. Because when I saw her, the third degree bends. I was more focused on that rather than me. So when we got to the hospital, I was screaming at the doctors to try and save my wife and everything. So like, they, they, all the doctors came there. And then somebody said, but you to come. I said, come for what? Look after my wife. They said, no, no, come here. Come this way. I said, I'm not leaving that. You know, they have, they, they close that, that emergency place. I said, no, I'm not leaving. No, no, come, come. So when they pulled me and they took me in, they say, take your shirt off. I said, how do I take my, leave me, let me go and see my wife. No, take, when I took my shirt off, then I realized. I 
And guess what? Sunday morning, my hands, both hands were bandaged. My wife was in the hospital. My son had been taken by one church member. I had to drive with the bandaged hands to the Birmingham church of three members. With the, with the bandage to go and preach to three members and then drive back to London, straight to the hospital to look after my wife. What have you been through? You think serving God is easy? And when somebody insulted me, I mean, I'm going to go again and look at some sissy. You see, God will test demands obedience. I say God demands obedience. He said to Saul to obey is better than sacrifice. Hallelujah. God will sometimes ask of things that are seemingly impossible. Do good to your enemies. Forgive them who spitefully use you. You know, this church that we got bent starting, one day, the people in the church rose and cursed us that they are praying that we die. The same church. The church leaders got up. Would that stop us from doing church again? Would that stop us from looking after people again? There are people that are re rescued from prison. Some from detention centers. Some from landlords. Some from police. Some have paid their school fees. Today they don't talk to me. That doesn't stop you from doing what you are doing, you are supposed to do. I, am I talking to somebody? Are, are you learning something? It shouldn't stop you. The trial of your faith is working something inside of you because God needs to know whether you are interested in him or you are interested in the congregation. Is it the congregation you want? Is it the fame you want? Or is it me you want? Who do you want? These same people, if tomorrow they come to me, I will still do good to them. It's my responsibility to do that. Are you, are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? In everything, be thankful. Because this is the will of God concerning you. I like this one. Confess your faults to one another. Yeah. Can you go and tell your sins to the person next to you? All your sins. Everything. <laughs> I have to summarize. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I have to summarize. 
I haven't been too good. I have just slept with, with one or two hundred people. <laughs> Exodus 16.4. Exodus 16.4. Are you learning something? All right. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day. This, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. People are walking in desert. They are hungry. Then food has come. Then he says to them, gather only enough for today. Not for tomorrow. Just for today. We being human beings and being crafty and being, you know, sly. Guess what they did? They gathered more than, and they hid it. The ones that gathered and hid, the next they turned to worms. Because the test of obedience is also the test of faith. Can you obey? Can you obey what you are told? Do you know that if we did everything we had on Sunday from the pulpit, our lives would be better. But the problem is that we try, we, we, we find it difficult to obey. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Obedience is one of the most difficult things for the modern day Christian. That's why we like people who tell us what God is saying. <laughs> we don't want to encounter God ourselves. You don't forget about the preaching. Don't preach to me. Don't tell me what God is saying about me. That's what I'm interested in. When um, God, just, just prophesy. Tell me what God is saying. That's important. This, do this, do, don't do this, do this, don't do this too long. Test of obedience. Would you obey? Difficult commandment. I've seen countless people come to my office and I'll tell them, go and do this. And as I'm telling them, I know they won't do it. And they know they won't do it. And both of us are sitting there looking at each other like two big bunnies. <laughs> Often God asks us to do the impossible. Why? Because he wants to grow our faith. Faith is, is, a, is a risk. When it's a risk, it means you can't understand it all at once in advance. You can't understand it. That's what makes... You see, faith makes sense after the event. It doesn't make sense before the event or during the event. It doesn't make sense. It's after, then you look back and say, wow, this is what I believed for. When God told Abraham, go to a city that I'll show you. And I'll make your, your, your descendants like the stars of the heaven, like the sun. On the, I mean, he could not fathom it. He could not think it. But he decided he would just obey. So as he went, he didn't know what he was doing. He just went and did it. Are you, are you with me? There's, there's, there's scripture we read in uh, 
Hebrews 11, says that by faith, Noah being warned of the rain, built an ark by which or by the which he condemned the world. His obedience is what condemned the people who did not believe. But because there was no sign of rain. Was it the, 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 two days ago, somebody sent me a WhatsApp message. I don't know whether you saw it. Of a, a place in Atlanta that built the exact replica of Noah's, Noah's Ark. Exact replica. And they said that they used the dimensions of, in the Bible to create, I'm trying to see if I can locate it, to create that exact replica of the ark. Did anybody see it? I'm, I'm sure I'll find it. Look in here. That's, that's the replica. Can you see it? That, look how big the ark looks. And they use the Bible dimensions. In summer, no rain. God says go and build this huge thing. Not where there is, a, there is water. There's no water there. He says, go and build. And then you also get up and you go and build. Are you crazy? And the Bible says that by the which he condemned the world. I pray that. Yes. Thank you. That's the exact replica. Look at the number of cars that are packed by, by it. And this was, he was not a carpenter. There is no way that says that Job was a carpenter. And we didn't have the modern machines that they used. And we know that he, he had few helpers. God gave him specific dimensions. Specific dimensions. He could have built a dinghy. But God told him, build like that, and he did. Can God tell you something and you follow it to the letter? Or you will cut corners. Rise to your feet, we'll continue next week. <laughs>